Hello, hello. Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. If you are new to Droolish, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast primarily focused on helping you sleep, relax, and get your mind off of your day. It's more notably helpful if you have consistent mind chatter or you just kind of need that additional like background voice to help you just drift off into snooze land. The voice tends to help people induce yawns, generally gets them tired, and I'm hoping it falls, helps you fall asleep. That's kind of been the premise for a while, and it seems to be working for at least you, for, I would hope, most of you listeners. Now, uh, I figured this episode, we are finishing up that note card series. We're moving on to bigger and better things, as per the usual. And what better way to start out kind of anew, I don't want to say anew, but kind of just getting over the hump of the old series by talking about sleep all in itself. Now... If you are new to the podcast, I mentioned that before, but if you are still new, I recommend listening to a prior episode that might catch your interest. If this is the one, that's cool. If not, if it's if it's not really just making you jazzed up to listen uh, for the premise, uh, I recommend listening to a different episode uh, that might pique your interest and you can kind of get a better idea of kind of how I normally talk or how the episode normally goes. That is my only disclaimer to you guys, because I know first impressions are usually a big thing, and me, I'm usually inside my head all the time, which kind of alludes to the subject at hand today, which is, well, sleeping, and more so the sleeping ritual. And let's talk more specifically about my sleeping ritual. So aside from using this podcast as an aid, using background noises, particularly white noise and maybe some binaural beats to create relaxation and just more calming thoughts and just to get you and help us help assist you go to sleep. I myself suffered from terrible insomnia, especially throughout my life. Um, you know, kind of was a little bit bad as a kid, never really thought too much of it, had a lot of energy in my early twenties, especially when I started living on my own and and was really starting to like I don't want to say figure myself out, but just kind of you know, when you're um, when you're not thinking about school, you're not thinking about like the ne- I don't say the next day, but you know, more school or education. When you're just on your own as an adult in the real world, um, that's when the insomnia really started to hit. And it, you know, it wasn't. It, I can't say it's always a permanent thing. I still have it once in a while, but back then it was uh, almost consistent, like every night, like almost impossible to fall asleep. Get two, one, three hours, even no sleep at all. Uh, would wake up quote-unquote wake up if I had any sleep but like completely like like in cold sweats or just shaking you know without any sleep and it, you know it was terrible and I told myself you know I you know this is something that I don't want I don't want to deal with in my life and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys don't want to deal with insomnia or terrible you know terrible sleeping habits or just you know like low quality sleep and Fast forward, you know, uh, like 12, 13, 14, 15 years now, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, and I can say my sleep quality has dramatically improved, 
Now, I'm not a perfect sleeper. <laughs> I'll get to that later on, but but I can I can comfortably say 90, about 90% of the nights that I go to bed, I actually sleep relatively fast, within 15 to 20 minutes. And uh, I would say I have a decent quality of sleep where I'm not waking up groggy or angry at life. Um, and I still deal with the issue. Uh, most of my insomnia, it's like very rare that I have trouble going to sleep, like as is, but I know a lot of people especially have the cons consistent mind chatter and or slash or uh, the inability to fall back asleep once you wake up in the middle of the night. And that one's that one part. That part is the one that still kind of gets me um, to, to this day. However, uh, since this podcast was the premise of the podcast is mainly just creating an experience that I would find really soothing for me, especially if I well, if I still had my insomnia troubles, uh, what I how I normally talk and the subjects at hand and kind of just getting the distraction of the consistent mind chatter. Uh, I, I find that I wanted to create this, that experience in this podcast. And I wanted to try to add additional value in talking about many different things uh, that might, I don't want to say pique your interest because I don't want to be too interesting, but to, to bring some mild amusement or mild interest uh, while you're listening. Uh, sort of like a mini hook. And then eventually you'll kind of just drift off into sleep land. And because of that, uh, I haven't specifically talked about uh, I shouldn't say specifically talk about, but I haven't talked about like a sleeping ritual or actually like really diving into the things that help me fall asleep and how to the curb insomnia or to limit like the amount of sleeplessness or restlessness that you might have. Uh, the point being, and I'm going to mention this now, and hopefully this doesn't bite me in the ass or doesn't bite you in the ass, is that whenever I'm inside my own head, like one of the first thoughts I normally get is. Oh, I can't fall asleep, like quote unquote, that's that. Like, I can't fall asleep, how am I going to fall asleep? And I just get inside my own head and just have those consistent thoughts. And talking about sleep problems on a podcast that's supposed to help you help you fall asleep, I don't know if that's the best thing. I also don't know if it's the worst thing. So I figured I'm still going to roll the dice on talking about my sleeping ritual and what's helped me. And hopefully that provides the benefit, uh, at least in regards to the content. And I'm going to do this in two different ways. Uh, so it's all going to be in this episode. I'm going to do my best to put it in one episode, and this is going to be it. I can, like, expunge and, like, go deeper in, in the future. Or maybe do a Patreon thing or something like that. I don't know. I think you guys are really interested. But hopefully this will bring, like, the gist of like, where I'm coming from and the, rit and the ritual that I have done to improve uh, my sleep quality. And uh, and part one, uh, it's the same thing, but, like, for what I'm going to do first is I'm just going to lay down a, t a typical day-to-day -day ritual that I generally follow. It's not going to be as in-depth, but I'm just going to follow that. It's going to take like five or ten minutes. So if you're someone who's really eager, because I'm going to title this something that's going to be like, hey, like how to make like my sleeping ritual to help prevent insomnia and all that stuff. I don't, I, I don't know yet. But, uh, but in case you just want the gist of it, I'm going to provide that in the next, like, five to ten minutes. So keep listening there. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to just dive deeper into the hows and whys and, and explain, like, 
like the process and like why it works or or, or go more into detail the nuance nuance stuff so so hopefully that that makes sense uh you know i, I want to try to put the main content the beefy content up front and then more of the longer witted stuff in the back i also know too there's a very slim chance that you guys fall asleep within the first 10 minutes of listening to this podcast especially if you have sleeping troubles I mean, the, the average time for me um, back in my terrible insomnia days was at a good day 30 minutes but i'm banking on 40 to 90 minutes that used to be that that was generally the average for me so um so i want to get to the good stuff first and then after that um i think that makes more sense as you kind of drift off the sleepy town time whatever so let's begin and if you haven't really gotten the essence of the podcast yet well fact that we're nine minutes in and i'm just talking about the good stuff should kind of be of a sign should kind of be like a sign of what to expect that said let's begin so when it comes to talking about sleep on itself i believe it's more of a yin and yang uh, there's you sleep and then you get up and i think the wake up part is the most incredibly important thing so as part of my ritual i'm very consistent on when i wake up I separated this ritual into weekdays and weekends because, you know, I don't want to be rigid and life. There's a lot of life that goes on that makes us. We should be more flexible to a lot of things and adaptable. So, uh, weekdays, I make it a goal to get up between seven and seven thirty a.m. On weekends, it's between eight and nine a.m. So I give myself like a thirty-minute window, and some of the time when I wake up, I kind of just lay in bed, and I don't actually get up probably for another 10-15 minutes. Um, that's on me, but the fact that I am actively trying to get up, I, that, that's the thing. So I wake up 7 to 7.30 and start my day. Uh, we're, then we're going to fast forward to dinner because essentially I can talk about the morning ritual and I might talk about that later, but the gist of it is most of that stuff you kind of do throughout like as you ramp up in the day and everything else is more related to performance and it shouldn't really affect it shouldn't directly affect how you sleep at night um at least at, at least at this point so we're gonna fast forward to the dinner uh and why, why i say fast forward to dinner is because what you eat as you head towards bed um even two three four five hours uh will start affecting your sleep quality so for dinner, generally I go eat before 9 p.m., oh, and, th- and that's for both weekdays and weekends. Uh, and just a couple things I tend to avoid. I really avoid super spicy things the later in the day. And it's almost a free-for-all for dinner, though, uh, generally. And the general rule is, like, you don't want to eat, like, two, like two, what, two hours before you go to bed. So I say mention before 9 p.m. just because I generally don't go to sleep before 11 but if we wanted to put in that, put that in that specific framework of like relative time, I generally eat up to like less than, or sorry, more than two hours away from sleep. Again, dinner is pretty flexible. Uh, there are some nuances there, and I'll probably talk about that later. But generally, I, that's my time for dinner. And as we start heading towards later, like between 90 minutes to sleep time, uh, I make sure to eat at least a fruit at some point around an hour before I go to bed. And that, uh, if you haven't know, if, if you haven't listened to the podcast, I love mandarins. I, I, they, I they're, they're way better than oranges. They cost a little bit more than oranges, but you can peel them with your fingers. Uh, they taste delicious. And for me, it helps. 
it helps me fall asleep dramatically and it actually improves stream quality and, and it gives me it puts me in a good mood so generally eat a mandarin or a banana for about an hour before i go to sleep again i prefer the more citrusy fruits over the sweet fruits uh mainly because some of the sweet fruits like if they're super sweet it just might create some sugar rush and uh, yeah, i'm not I don't know the whole science behind that, but essentially it just it keeps me a little bit more giddy than I anticipate. So I eat a fruit about an hour before I go to bed. Then I stop watching TV. So again, this is a habit, ritual thing. I stop watching TV about 30 minutes before I go to bed. And I mentioned stop watching TV, I mean by that I mean in the living room. Uh, because I do have a TV in the bedroom, but I very rarely watch it in the bedroom. and. Uh, I'll explain more why in, in later, but I stop watching TV about 30 minutes before I go to bed. And that's both weekdays and weekends. As for the phone, since we all have smartphones these days, generally if, you have a, if you're unaware, regardless of ritual or not, it's just a good idea to turn off the phone or stop looking at the phone and for, for prolonged periods of time, up to 45 minutes before you go to bed. I follow that. I follow that rule very strictly, uh, and I follow that rule very strictly. I've been following that for the last year and a half, and that has helped. That has like lowered my sleeping time from, I would say, from around the 30-minute mark down to about the 15-20-minute mark. Just that alone. Now, all the other things I mentioned, turning off the TV and the fruit. Those have probably saved me like two or three minutes each before I go to before I go to bed, like 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 from from trying to sleep to actual sleeping. Um, but the phone one is crucial. And on weekends, I'm a little bit more lax because my bedtime, or my quote unquote bedtime, I really don't have one. I just kind of go to sleep whenever I feel like it. Um, it I tend to do that 15 to 20 minutes. And if I if I ever need to look at my phone, it's mainly just for something for work or or it's very direct and it's like one or two minutes. I stop looking at social media. I stop reading things on the internet specifically. Uh, I I try to keep that phone to minimum. And even when I go to sleep, I just completely I, I refuse to even look at the phone to look at the time uh, because it it really does mess up sleep for me. And a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, these are things I've tested over time as well. And I've, I've split tested. I'm like, I would say, okay, I'm going to try this tonight and let's record the results. So on and so forth. So everything that I've worked, I've done this, like I would either listen to other advice and try it myself and test it and work. Or actually, that's pretty much it. That's, that's essentially it. There's not really an order. I just test everything. Uh, it's just a matter of just taking the time to recognize what I'm doing and measure the results. That's really the difference. Now, uh, a couple other things uh, before I get to the specific ritual. Uh, it's not really a ritual, it's just kind of just the, I'm just walking you through kind of what goes on during the day, like the top level stuff. Uh, is about five to ten minutes before I go to bed, regardless of the day, I grab water and I make sure it's cool water. I don't make sure, uh, water doesn't have to be frigid cold. Um, as I think there are some studies that mention that actually drinking cold water actually might help you, it, it keeps you more alert. Uh, which is not what we want to do when we're, when we're trying to go to sleep. So I try to have cool water, uh, and there are many reasons for that. I, I probably I get like a bottle of water or whatever, and I drink like two, two ounces. That's fine. Five to ten minutes before I go to bed. Biggest reason why I do that 
is, well, there's many reasons, but the biggest reason is that it actually helps calm me down, uh, like keeps my body cool. And that's going to play a big part, and I'll discuss, I'll discuss that in the more detailed section, but I just take my word on it, just get some bottled water or a cup of water, make sure it's cool, and just drink a couple ounces before, like five to ten minutes before you go to bed. Obviously, make sure you use the bathroom before you go to bed so you don't, so you limit the time you wake up in the middle of the night. And then, if there are any, like, drugs, like, pharmaceutical drugs or AIDS or anything, like, supplements that you take, uh, I generally would take that. Uh, it, it, it varies. It would be, uh, for example, CBD. I have a CBD. I got one of those CBD things I bought off the Rupon. Uh, that, I would take that. I would, ta I would take that um, like five minutes before I go to bed or even just as I'm falling asleep. As for uh, melatonin, uh, I would take that about an hour. And I don't do all this at once. This is just like all these things I mentioned are just things I've tested in case I need it. So if I had trouble sleeping for like three or four days in a row, uh, I would probably get a melatonin. And I've talked about the dosage of melatonin before, and I'll mention it later on, but generally I take melatonin about an hour before I go to bed um, if I need it. Um, the CBD doesn't really affect my sleep quality so much, um, but it doesn't hurt, so I would take that five minutes prior. And... Uh, if I take cannabis of any type, uh, it's just getting five to 90 minutes before I go to sleep. And each has their own uh, benefits. And I should say, like, their own pros and cons. Uh, unfortunately, all those pros and cons are going to vary between person to person. Uh, but I can only tell you the things that I've used and what works and what doesn't. Now, by the time I go to bed, and this is where, like, the main bedtime ritual begins, but I think all the other stuff does build onto this. I make sure, um, I try to go to bed, let's <laughs> just try, it's easier said than done, but I try to get in my bedroom, like kind of lay in the bed, or just, just kind of sit down and really just, I call, my wife and I call it retiring for the day, let's go and lay down and we'll just talk, or, or you know, talk about the day, or kind of play a couple games or something like that. Uh, I try to be in bed by 10.30, but I really don't go to sleep until between like 11 and 11.30, and again, that, that is flexible. Um, like the actual attempt of turning everything off and closing your eyes and really going to sleep, um, that varies between 11 and 11.30, but I try to be in the bed by 10.30. Uh, the reason being is that I want to, you know, one, it's like telling my body, okay, it's bedtime, and I'm in a bed, like time to adjust. And it gives me the flexibility to, uh, it puts me in the power of like choosing when I could fall asleep without overthinking about it. So it's like, hey, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm, I'm in bed, and I, I'm now going to decide to go to sleep. Um, versus me, I'm going to lay in bed at 10.30 and turn off the light and go to sleep eventually. Uh, that The mindset between those are, are big. So that's what I generally do, is lay in bed or kind of just wind down. Like, if you want to watch TV, whatever, do that. But, like, just make sure when you're done, turn it off. Just give yourself, like, 20 minutes. Like, even just read a book or do something that isn't, like, visually stimulating. But, but uh, anyway, around... Essentially, when I'm laying in bed and as I'm about to fall asleep, I make sure to drink the water, like I mentioned before. And I also brush my teeth. I do all the bathroom stuff, you know, you know take a leak, brush my teeth. Um, I also make sure I lay on my back. Uh, this is just preference um, when falling asleep. And it doesn't mean I have to stay on my back the whole night. I actually, I turn to the side if I wake up in the middle of the night and lay that way. And then... Uh, 
and there's one thing I just never do, and this is, I, I wrote this and I put it in bold, is that I absolutely refuse to look at the phone once the lights are off. That's it. Like, I generally have like a dim light, like I have a bright light on, on like the ceiling light, I turn that off and I have like a smaller lamp light that I use when I am actually ready to go to bed and then I turn that off. So my body's kind of already working into a ritual of like what I do every day and it's kind of, and it's telling myself okay like this works and that works um, and the biggest ones that have helped a lot um, I think I mentioned water like water alone significantly like lowered um, the time and uh, and that I mean that the, the, that's the baseline you know, wake up fine um, eat dinner not too late eat a fruit about an hour uh, stop watching TV 30 minutes. Stop looking your stop at it like adamantly looking at your phone for 45 minutes. Drink water five to ten minutes as you're laying in bed, but make sure you're in bed. Like sit in bed about an hour before you really want to go to sleep. Um, you could probably cut that down to like 45 minutes or 30 minutes, honestly. But uh, I probably just like I just decompress on the bed and then decide when I'm going to sleep. That's that flexibility. Uh, make sure you take the aids or whatever drugs that you're using if you need it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk more about these specifically in the detailed section, but that's pretty much it. And then just do your you know go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, like maybe comb your hair or something. I don't know what you guys do before you go to bed, but just but keep that but keep that ritual, ritual consistent. Because as you're gonna do that over time, and, and if you actually have a couple of good nights sleep, you're gonna start developing that habit, your ritual. And obviously there are a lot more nuances to that, but at least your body will start reacting accordingly or at least you give your body the best chance to do that now weekends are a little bit different in regard in regards to that like i would wake up a little bit later but especially on a friday night i might not go to bed or sleep until like 12 30 or 1 um, that's when i'm like really tired or something like that sometimes it's earlier than that um, but but my body still automatically wakes up around like 7 45 to like 8 30 depending on the day and i keep that flexible um, my only big trouble that i've had and Again, this whole ritual is not full, like foolproof. It just helps. It helps you go from complete terribleness to to uh, to decent. Which, let's be honest, that's a huge improvement. So, but on the weekends, especially Sunday night, especially Sundays, I do my best to not get up as late. It's easier said than done, uh, because I know if I went to bed at like twelve thirty or one o'clock on Saturday night, and I get up at like ten a.m. on a Sunday. Uh, my sleep schedules are like already fast forward, like push like an hour away. Uh, so if I wanted to go to sleep at like 10, 30 or 11 o'clock, that's going to be a lot tougher on Sundays. So if you're cognizant of that, then you can adjust accordingly. Um, for me, I'm finally glad to be at a place to where that isn't like a big deal. It still is kind of a deal. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I sleep well on Sunday nights. Um, I, I just happen to know my sleep habits and I have to act accordingly. So. Again, this doesn't get rid of everything, but generally it's just significantly lowers the chance of insomnia and improves the, the chance of consistent sleep. Now, now that we got that schedule ritual out of the way, there, there are a lot of nuances that I think make a big difference on the overall quality of sleep. Because the first one is just more habitual, putting your body in like the right sink, like the right time, and and have your body like kind of go on a like 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 have your body trust its internal clock now everything i'm going to mention moving forward is going to build 
off of kind of like the day-to-day -day ritual. Um, but I would assume you guys probably have a lot of questions. Or you're kind of wondering like, oh, yeah, this is kind of straightforward. Like there's nothing really big here. Like he just follows the schedule. He does this. He might do a couple things. Well, the fact of the matter is like if you're not trying, if you're not actively trying to change things up to give yourself the best chance to sleep, uh, then it's hard for you to judge, honestly. So, uh, because, you know, your, your body reacts differently than mine. But I can only do my best to help provide that right uh, environment. So speaking of the environment, this is where I want to get at in the more detail, details section, is that a lot of these uh, quote-unquote environment changes are very crucial in overall quality of sleep. So one of the ones I mentioned first um, that helped dramatically, like it went from like what, 90 minutes, to like, like now let's say 90 to 30, but it probably cut my sleeping time in half. It was just drinking water before I went to bed. Like that alone was the big one. Uh, and you know, 90 to 45 minutes is huge. I mean, 45 minutes is still a long time. Um, but drinking water all in itself was huge. And I mentioned the cool water uh, because if I had cold water, it would still, it would help. It would certainly help in certain instances. Um, but I would make sure to drink one to two ounces, maybe three or four ounces, depending on the night. Mainly because I realized most of the reasons why I couldn't fall asleep, especially where I lived, was related to my environment. Whether if it was too hot, too muggy, or even too cold. Um, or my body just felt like my throat felt scratchy or itchy. Just drinking those few ounces of water helped uh, help significantly just even, uh, evens my body out. Not only that, but one of the biggest things that I suffer from, and I still do to a very less extent, like dramatically less, is uh, sleep apnea. And if you're unfamiliar with that, that's the, it's when you kind of just either, I think, stop breathing in the middle of the night or you have like, like, a, like a blockage in your throat and you have just trouble breathing in the middle of the night. And me, I would consistently wake up, and this was very frequent, um, especially when, uh, when, I was, when I shared a bed with my wife. And, and I realized, like, generally with another body in bed, uh, it just tends to be a little bit hotter. And if it's a little bit hotter, um, I, and I also lived in the desert too during that time, so I didn't really adjust for that. Um, so I don't think I drank enough water back then. So whenever I did drink like any liquids or anything else, uh, I think it would either just go through me or my body just wasn't like fully adapted to that because when I fell asleep, there was always some sort of like, like I don't know, say, like not foam, like phlegm, like mucusy, like there's just always something in my throat. And it's not something you would notice like when you're talking and you do it day to day, but when you're sleeping in the middle of the night and if you're trying to fall asleep and you're dreaming and all of a sudden you just stop breathing or you have to like gasp for air or, or there's just something going on. Um, like that is a huge stop, like that kills your sleep. Obviously because you have to wake up and like catch your breath and like figure out like what the hell's going on. Like did I almost die again? Like that's not, that's not a good way to live. That's not a good way to sleep either. Um, so I started drinking water because I figured, well, one thing, like if it's just mucusy and it's all thick and foamy, like all I know is if I drink water, it's probably going to dissipate the foam or like make the mucus like just more watery. Uh, that was just my logic at the time. And it turns out there was just many more benefits to drinking the water before I went to sleep. Uh, and the key when I say you have to drink a limited amount of water is that I know some of you and myself included, uh, risk the chance of 
waking up in the middle of the night, taking a piss, going, you know, or taking a pee, whatever, and coming back and laying in the bed, and you're still going to be awake. Like that, that's a real risk. And for me, like, again, that happens, let's see, out of 30 nights in a month, uh, you probably get me, that happens 5 to 10% of the nights. You know, that's way better, like, those odds aren't good to the, to the, to the strong sleeper, don't get me wrong, but they're significantly better than every other night, or even one night, like, and I don't say one night a week, but like two or three nights a week, you go from like two to three nights a week to one to two nights, maybe three at most in a month, you know, that's a dramatic improvement. So me, I'm all about those in incremental changes and just consistently making it better. And uh, water is is the big one. Uh, the fruit, too, as well. Uh, the fruit helps, especially with sleep quality. But, but just that water one is paramount. Uh, I encourage you guys to either drink, uh, I don't want to say eight ounces of water, because like generally if I want to wake up in the morning, I do drink, like if I want to have a good wake up, I drink a lot more water. Um, believing that if I need to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, I'll be fine. Um, and I mentioned this before, depending on like the aid or medication or drug or whatever, whatever you want to call it that you use, that will affect the quality of sleep on top of what you're doing with the water. So... For example, if I drink a lot of water and if I like smoke cannabis or something like that, I don't I don't wake up when I smoke cannabis in the middle of the night. I'm a heavy sleeper if I do that. But I don't dream, and sometimes I might wake up a little bit groggy. Doesn't it hasn't happened too much, but those are the cons for me. Uh, so you know, take that for what that's worth. However, um, like I also took Unisom like 15 years ago. Uh, when I literally had like bad insomnia and I just couldn't fall asleep, especially on Sundays, and they would roll into every day of the week, uh, I would end up falling asleep after like 30, 45 minutes, and that was that was after me not falling asleep for like two hours. I would take a unison. So I don't think I use that effectively. Plus, I, it tasted terrible, and I, and I don't know. I just I don't want to be. I feel like I'm popping pills when I do that, and it's not supernatural. So I, I wanted to just to stop that. Um, so I really don't re recommend the Unisom unless it's like in dire situations, and even then, I don't know if some, for some of you guys if that works. I've been on the, the Facebook forums and the Facebook, Facebook groups, and you know I see people list all these medications under the sun. Um, you know my only my only hope for you guys is that you know you guys haven't tried. If you guys have, you guys say you try everything. Well, if you haven't listened to this podcast, give it a shot. That's one thing you can do different. Um, but aside from that, uh, you know, different trying different alternative alternative ways to follow sleep or even changing the environment could be huge as opposed to trying to pop a pill or medication um, because what didn't work four or five years ago might actually work now uh, depending on the environment so water itself is huge uh, one of the other things that did help uh, and I've noticed this even more recently is a pillow is a type of pillow and I've been recommended pillows uh, one there was like a triangle shape that a guy recommended to me um, at a wedding uh, and I've been meaning to try that but I haven't uh, mainly because the pillow he was talking about is very similar to the one that I currently have and I do not know what it's called but these are like the um, you can get them in king or queen size and they're shaped like like a weird like concave shape like in the center and at the edges they lift up so when you fall asleep your neck actually rests on it 
um, like like on the on the edge, and then your head like dips into the concave part, as if your body is naturally like laying. Like I want to say like it's floating, but like it's, it's like it's naturally laying. Um, now the only downside to like those type of pillows, oh there's two. One, the pillow stinks for like the first two months, like it just has a weird smell. After that smell, it's fine. Um, but number two, it's uh, it's not the most comfortable. Which sounds very counterintuitive if you're trying to sleep, you want to be as comfortable as possible. Well, it's not the most comfortable in respect to what you're normally used to sleeping with. Which is like a ra random like fluffy pillow, pillow of flowers or cotton or whatever. So it, it, it does take a bit of adjustment to, to use that pillow, but, but using that pillow itself uh, probably cuts my time by like 5 to 10 minutes in that alone. Uh, and I will link the pillow in the description. Uh, if I, I believe I bought it on Amazon, so I'll link it there. Um, and I would hope that would help. Uh, you can get the king or queen size, depending on the size of your bed. And that's what I generally do. Uh, for some of us, we would need a couple pillows or a few pillows as well. Um, but generally, I would I recommend because my wife uses three pillows. I only need that one. Um, is is that you just do, you want to do what works for you, but you want to have that consistent, like you want to have a consistent baseline with that. So, because um, before I had that pillow, I would use like two or three of like the softer pillows, and I would like wrap it around my head. I put two around my head. I would lean to the side to try to get comfortable, and I spent more time trying to quote unquote get comfortable than to actually just be like, okay, I'm gonna lay down and this is sleep and this is good enough, because you'll get used to the pillow very fast, uh, and. If it, and based on a structure, like if you get past that hump of that initial discomfort, then you will be in the clear, at least like the sleep quality. The other one is lighting. So all this, again, you're all in the bedroom and you're, you're trying to go to bed and you're, you want to create that environment and it's lighting. And with the lighting, Again, I don't. I, I try to avoid any light in the room. Uh, there's been studies on like blue light and how that like affects your day to day and it crosses eye strain. But apparently, like blue light is something that comes out of phones now. I have a, a fan, an oscillating fan. I use it for white noise as well, which again is another thing. I'll talk about lighting under white noise right now, actually. So um, they will kind of play in each other. So lighting is just kind of stimulates a bit, like the eyes. Uh, even if you have a TV on. For some people, you, you can fall asleep with the TV on, you know, listen to the background noises, white noise, that works. For some of you, for others, even just having any sort of light um, is no good. So what I do is I make sure every time I play before I, before I go to bed, I turn on my main light because it's bright, and then, I tur and then I turn on the dim lights. So I turn off my main light once my dim lights are on. So I tell myself, hey, I tell myself, hey, like, I... This is the next step. Bright light means I'm going to do something. Move it to dim light. It tells me, myself, okay, well, that something is now falling asleep. And then when I turn off the dim lights, um, there's only that stupid light that I have for the oscillating fan, and it's a bright blue light. So I actually cover that up with a sock. It's, it, it, it sounds like, it sounds um, obviously like trashy or whatever. Like, it's not, it's not practical, but I cover it with a sock. It's, it's just a everyday solution, I guess. And that part, this, that, that one has actually been um, something I've added on recently. And that has actually helped me fall asleep 
I mean, at that point, like, I tried, there are other things I tried, but that last little, like, blocking that light, uh, it, it's made a difference in, I'd say, sleep quality. And I think it's probably saved me, like, one or two minutes a night sleeping. And all these little things do add up. You do, like, five or six of these things, two to five minutes each, you go from a 90-minute sleep to a 30 or a 15. So just remember, just be cognizant of these little things. And for me, I don't know, it's, like, when I close my eyes, I, my, my eyes are very sensitive to, like, like, I have... Since I'm calm, I'm relaxed, I have like hyper hearing, I have hyper sound, everything's like intense for me. So uh, so even like a light, and this is like my wife, if she's on her phone, on her end, like I, even even if I close my eyes and put my hand over it and I move my hand, it, even though I, even though it's still like the same darkness, like my mind still senses that light on and it's frustrating. I don't know if you guys have that ability or inability, uh, but it sucks. So, just any any limiting of the lights, uh, obviously, do that. Like, in any way, shape, or form. Just don't let it get to you. Uh, I tried putting on one of those headbands, but it wasn't comfortable for me, so uh, I wish I could recommend that, but it just hasn't. Uh, so, But, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Um, going back to the white noise, though, I have an oscillating fan, and I actually have a uh, ceiling fan as well. White noise is huge for me, only because one, uh, one, I can't listen to my own podcast and listen to my own voice, because that's the very reason why I stay up at night. For me, it's because I'm in my own head, so uh, it doesn't make sense for me to do that. However, a good white noise just drowns out more of the ambient, like not the ambient noises around, because even if I had no white noise, I and it's pitch silent. I can hear anything that's out of the ordinary. Like, if I can hear, like, the drip of a water. I can hear every little tippy-tap my dog does on the floor. I can hear any car that goes by. Uh, any, if someone's, like, even talking outside, I can hear that. Like, within, like, a like within, like, the neighbors. Um, not that they ever do that. It's just one of those things where it's, like, I'm very sensitive. And my, I know my sleeping pattern is light. So, I need white noise. And if you are in a situation where you don't have white noise, I highly suggest just get a fan, just get anything. Uh, even just a sound of like rain, like what are, you, what are you listening to right now? But it doesn't have to be this podcast. I mean, just throw in any sort of white noise, preferably a fan. I love the fan sound. And there are certain fan sounds that are more pleasant than others. So it might like sound like you're coming out of like a factory, like, I don't know, like an industrial fan that creates hurricane force winds. I don't know why they have fans like that or why they sound like that. Then you have ones that are just more calm. Um, so definitely um, pay attention to the fan, like the fan loudness. Uh, you you want to have some white noise but not make it distracting. And again, that's going to be on you to test. I just got some oscillating fan from Sam's Club. Uh, it works for me. And then uh, the fan in my ceiling is actually very quiet. Um, but um, that works twofold. It's like a little, little bit of white noise, and then it helps cool me down, which actually takes me to my next point, which is the whole bad blanket situation. Uh, for a bed, the only thing I can say with a bed is like one, like they say, you have a good quality bed, you're going to sleep well. I do agree with that. Um, I also believe that there are diminishing returns on that uh, to an extent. Because uh, I, I slept on terrible beds, uh, and actually my sleep quality was actually pretty eh. 
So I'm gonna take that back. Actually, the bed quality is actually probably more effective than I thought, looking at hindsight. Um, my best sleep quality did occur when I bought like a bed that was worth like what? Or I wouldn't say the bed, the um, mattress was worth like $800 uh, when I was back in Vegas and it felt like I was sleeping on a cloud. Uh, over time, your body doesn't really recognize it. It's kind of just sleeping on something that's nice and your body doesn't, like I said, your body doesn't think about it at all. But uh, I found that better than those old spring mattresses. Uh, but I still don't have any trouble sleeping on them. It's just more so like waking up the soreness at times. That would be the only thing if you're sleeping on a terrible bed. I've slept on terrible beds before like that are just lumpy and they just don't make any sense at all. Um, and that's, those are terrible. Um, that kills sleep quality. But yeah, make sure the mattress, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like a pillow top or just a topper actually just goes a long way. Uh, even the bed now, it's like from, it's like my old grandfather's, or my old grandfather's mattress, and you only had it for a couple months. Uh, it was, it's like one of those memory foam hybrids or something like that. I don't know what he got or what was in it, but man, that, it's easily the best uh, mattress I slept in, like hands down. So, if you have the ability for a mattress, like improve the mattress, if, you, if your mattress quality is literally bad, is any sort of upgrade, make that immediately. Now this one, um, related to the bed, I call it, I labeled it under blanket. And this might be a game changer for a lot of you. This is gonna be under, probably underrated to a lot because this blanket actually relates to your, your body comfort, your body level, your body heat, um, how you actually sleep at night, is that a lot of people that I know just stick with the same blanket or comforter or sheets or whatever um, and they'll wash it, but they just stick with that. And what I fail to realize is that I don't really, I never really adjusted for the seasons. My wife actually updates the blanket, like changes the blankets out. And depending on how your body temperature is at night and what, you're, what you like to sleep at at night, uh, the blanket is a make make it or break it break break it break it blanket. I'm all over the place. Case in point, this last one. Like I, I feel like I'm saving like three to five minutes on this blanket alone now in the summer. My wife updated the blankets like two or three weeks ago. Like from a very from our like from our from our like we had a purple comforter I guess or something or maybe it was like a down blanket that we have. Uh, which was still light and felt nice, but like it, but it's like 95 degrees in Michigan and it's like humidity all over the place. Um, even with the air conditioner, it still was just very hot at night. And we either had two choices to either just deal with it or turn down the AC uh, and, and one, rack up a bill, and two, have it be very cold in the air and then me kind of sweating underneath the blanket which is like the whole like moisture and everything else. So, um, so she switched it out with like a very light blanket. And since doing that, we've been we've been able to keep the temperature like around 69, 70 degrees in the AC at night versus like 67, 66. And I haven't been able to, I haven't been sweating. I, everything just feels more natural, and it feels like I just have like enough covering for me to feel comfortable and fall asleep. Uh, you know, like there's something on me. It also isn't too light to where I feel like there's nothing on me and then I'm just like in my own head. I feel like, well, you know, there's nothing stopping me. Uh, the only word of caution I have, though, is the adjustment 
of going from like a very heavy weighted blanket and again the weighted blanket is known to help like dramatically from what i've read um is that well i don't say weighted i say a heavy blanket a weighted blanket i don't know if it's gonna be hotter but like generally uh the thicker the blanket a heavier one i noticed it has more insulation and it keeps heat in more so i, I toast up a lot faster and that's the thing your body temperature uh i in my heart of hearts believes like that is huge like it doesn't matter what's in your head it doesn't matter what the ritual does like everything you do with ritual will help you go to sleep but like when it comes to sleep quality if you wake up in the middle of the night or anything like if it gets too hot or there isn't enough air like i just like it it just ruins sleep and it's hard to go, for me to go back to sleep uh, so so having a consistent temperature that you're familiar with that 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 adjusts with the blanket you're using uh, I highly recommend testing that because that's going to directly affect the quality of sleep that you're getting and I've noticed that it does directly affect how I'm able to fall back asleep in the middle of the night uh, and that's one adjustment that I've been able to tweak uh, because I had a big run especially in the, in the last few months where we have a timed the oscillating fan and it stops between like 4 or 5 in the morning and I would catch myself, and this is with the heavier blanket, it hasn't happened as much with the light blanket, but I would catch myself waking up for no reason. I don't even have to use the bathroom, but my body would just act like I would go to the bathroom and I would come back and then I would lay in bed for like an hour and be like, what the hell? Uh, turns out it's just the fan was turned off and I needed that white noise and I needed that little brush of air for that equilibrium. I know it sounds like every little detail matters, but it really does because you, you built your environment you know, to spec to be that way. So, uh, so that's the that's the thing. Now, uh, the thing I kind of mentioned too is the temperature. Uh, if you have an AC or a fan, I mean, I love central air. Um, it works great when it's really hot, uh, but I primarily don't mind fans at all, especially in like spring and fall. As long as you're able to have something that, at least for me, like I thought, I thought having really cold temperatures um, with a, without a thick blanket was like my ideal. Um, that really only works in the winter because it's naturally cold and I have a thick like you know have a thick blanket and, and I don't sweat and it's just it's easy to fall asleep. But in the summer, a thick blanket doesn't work and having having the Freon AAC is a little bit different than having natural cold um, because it's really inconsistent across each room. So uh, so again, that's something you you tinker with and you tweak and that's something you test every night and it's like a good news bad news because you because you have like one one chance every night to make it work and if it doesn't work well you know go back and make an adjustment so you can't you know, it takes time to make these adjustments for it to work um but uh, you can at least test it and it's measurable because it's like it's very it's very good it's very definitive like did you sleep well or did you not well you, you would know you know if you wake up in terrible shape or you had terrible sleep you, like your body just knows and you know then I'm going to cover these amount or the, these little snippets that I included here. Um, socks or no socks? Uh, for me, uh, like the, like the clothing you wear. So specifically, clothing socks or no socks? I mix them. So if it if I notice my feet are sweaty, I actually put on socks because generally um, with exposed feet, I don't know why my body my feet would just sweat more. Uh, like maybe might be more of like a cold sweat or a hot sweat. I don't know, but with a sock, it feels like it's insulated and it, it's, it just doesn't get a sweat. Um, but if it's like the summer like this and with the new light blanket, um, it, 
like the no socks probably would work more. And again, that's just something to test. I just do a little test once every other day or something like that for that. Um, because all these little things I mentioned, I mean, you just tested them one night, like just be like, okay, if nothing's working for me now, I'm going to drink a little bit of water, get the pillow, uh, and do white noise and get a light blanket. Like you could just do that all in one go and just see if it's way better than what you did prior. And then just adjust from there. Um, but at least these are like, uh, hopefully I'm giving you guys like decent starting points or at least different, or at least like a whole combination of things to try um, that are different than before. Um, I, I mentioned clothes or no clothes. And by that, I just mean like a shirt. And I can only speak for the guys. I don't know how girls sleep, whatever. I can't speak for them. But uh, for me, I found that when I slept without a shirt, I would sweat profusely at night. Despite the fact that I would think it'd be colder, cooler without a shirt, I would sweat more. I'd be, I would, I don't know, I'd just be breaking in cold sweats. You know, I couldn't even like wrap my arm around my wife because my arm would just be drenched. Um, and despite the fact that it was more comfortable, it's, you know, than wearing a shirt or whatever, I just, it was the comfortable, like, like the shirt was, or without the shirt was comfortable at first, but as soon as I, as soon as anything changed or I got hot, I, you know, my body got hot, it was just sweating. And if it wasn't hot, it would be a cold sweat, which is even worse. Uh, because your body, because I'm, you're cold and you feel everything, and you're like, what the hell? Like, I'm sweating and I'm feeling cold and it's terrible. You know, it's not good. So I went to, back to keeping keeping the shirt on. I wear kind of fitted shirts. And it doesn't matter the shirt, um, t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, doesn't matter. Uh, it's made a huge difference. Uh, that, yeah, I'd say the, I'd say the shirt, shirt off and on, the water, and the blanket and the white noise have been like the huge ones. And the temperature obviously makes a lot of like helps too. And then I have PJs, which is just if you have I sleep in boxers. Sometimes I wear pajamas. Um, pajamas work okay in the summer, um, but I, I get really light pajamas, just something to cover my legs. There's nothing more. Um, that's something worth testing as well. But I just I just find that uh, most most of my uncomfortableness when sleeping is just related to what's it's just related to the environment that's around. So that's more or less it when it comes to little things that I do for the, like more of the ritual part of the bed, um, things that I try to create an environment for. Now, uh, there is one thing that I haven't mentioned. I mean, it kind of illuminates around the environment part, but more specifically, it's more of a mindset thing. So uh, I know some people don't like mindset stuff because it actually requires you to look within. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's, a lot hard, it's harder to do that than to look out. Um, but the whole idea of the mindset is that you need to train yourself. And I have not mastered this fully. I just created the environment, which I don't have to tell myself this fully because I don't, I don't abide by this environment fully. Uh, and that's the thing I have to keep mentioning fully a lot because it's like, like, I don't do this 100%. Like, I'm flawed. But it's the idea of your bedroom is literally meant for you to fall asleep and nothing else. And you have to treat your bedroom as if it's your sleeping chamber. You don't watch TV. You don't go on the phone. You don't even read. You just you, you have a bed, and you strictly use that bedroom for that. And you're physically you're telling your body, you know, throughout the day, if you're in a different room, living room, kitchen, whatever, 
that's awake time. You're doing whatever. But once you go in the bedroom and you lay on the bed, you know you're going to fall asleep. And your body doesn't confuse that. That's what I've heard. That's what I've read from like other sleeping experts. I I feel like what I've talked about is creating the environment that could do that, but it's not a specific mindset thing. Um, it just so happens that the habits, the rituals that I've done kind of allude to that. Like I don't go in the living room. I don't look at the TV anyway. I don't look at the phone 45 minutes prior. I drink water. Like I already set myself up to fall asleep when I'm in the bedroom. But that just happens to be, that, that's just more happenstance than anything else. So uh, I probably could switch to that mindset. Uh, that might help. But like these days, uh, it's between like, t I, I don't want to say five minutes. Uh, five minutes feels very aggressive for me to say like I fall asleep in five minutes. That still doesn't make any sense. But I feel like I'm in the, like, between the 10 and 20 minute mark. But I feel like that's where most people are at now these days. Uh, sorry, most people who actually sleep decent are at these days. Um, and again, if I wish I had the whole thing of... Uh, of having consistency with that, but it's not the case. Um, but like I said, over the last many years, I've tested a lot of these personally, and a lot of these things you can hopefully take away uh, and try it yourself uh, tonight. Or you go to the store and get a light blanket, or you know, some of these things might cost like 20 or 40 bucks to fix, but you know, what's the price on sleep? Now, I mentioned this too on my Twitter. Uh, so if you, if you follow me on Twitter, I really don't post much, but I just figured to mention I have a Twitter. It's at Droolish Podcast. Uh, I also have an email uh, at, it's called Droolish Podcast, at gmail.com. So if you have any feedback or there's any appreciation or uh, things you'd like me to discuss, let me know. I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, I, I, always, I always like those emails. Uh, very appreciative and I do my best to reach out to everyone. And... Uh, but going back to what I was talking about with sleep and tracking this on Twitter, uh, is I my wife recently gave me her Fitbit, uh, so she got a, well, we got a new Fitbit and for her and she gave me her old one, and I thought well, the Fitbit was mainly for tracking your heartbeat and your steps. I never actually looked into the, what the Fitbit does, and she convinced me to start wearing it um, to track steps, and I was like, eh. And then she says, well, it tracks your sleep, and I said, what? How does that even happen? And she's like, well, if you get the app and blah, 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 you know, she talks about that stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I really wasn't sold on the Fitbit because I was like, because the reason why I wasn't sold is that it, I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that it actually does track your sleep patterns. And I'm just like, well, how? Like, I, like she would explain how, and I'm like, I'm like, I still don't get it. I'm like, it literally, like, just knows how you're sleeping based off of your heartbeat. Like, like, how does it know when I'm laying in bed? How does it know when I'm actually, like, laying specifically, like, on my back? And I close my eyes and I'm ready to sleep. And then she showed me her app and she showed me all her sleep scores and patterns. And my mind is completely blown. It was completely blown. And, and I was stubborn. I was very stubborn. I was like, I don't believe it. But she showed me. And it would track her lights like her, the time she'd wake up in the middle of the night, her light sleep cycles, her REM sleep cycles, her deep sleep cycles. And I brushed upon some of these before. But she showed me like the graphs of like during the middle of the night, it would measure how how long she was able to have deep sleep or or the times where she was having REM sleep. And all different types of sleep have different benefits and the whole app, like since it's connected to your Fitbit, will actually go through and say, okay, here's what the average person does or here's what this type of sleep does. And it'll tell you how many times you wake up in the middle of the night. And it could just be like if it's a light wake up or if you kind of move around or something like that, it actually tracks it. 
and that just blew my mind. And I feel like I sound like a shill, but like I never knew something like that existed. And of course, I never <laughs> didn't actually figure out how to use it because I would manually tell the, the phone that I'm going to sleep and it would kind of track my sleep patterns, but it wouldn't actually give you a number. And it was kind of just little marks um, versus, versus what she told me, which was don't put anything in the phone, it just knows. And again, still to this date, I don't know how. This version is like five or six years old of this Fitbit, and it works really well. <laughs> but I mentioned the Fitbit is because I wanted is because all the things I mentioned are things that help me go to sleep. But now my mindset is like, okay, well, I think I have a good environment now. Now it's all about improving the sleep quality, and I think for a lot of us, if we're if we're trying to sleep or we have insomnia. I think that's a good problem to have is, you know, you're, you know, we're not worrying about if we can fall asleep or for how long. It's like it's more so let's improve the sleep quality. Let's try to get more out of our sleep because sleep is huge. And we all know the importance of sleep. I'm not going to go on a soapbox and be like, ah, sleep's for blah, blah, blah. It's like it's like, no, like a lot of us just need good sleep first before we need to worry about all that next level, level 99, like Naruto Ninja crap of peak performance. OK. Like there is a lot of application for good sleep, but it's just getting it's just it's just getting enough sleep first, I think, or and getting us in a place to where you're having you're having good enough sleep is a start, uh, and that shouldn't be the end goal is to get good enough. It should be a start, and for I think a lot of us, especially for me, as I was trying as I worked on improving my sleep quality, that's I think that's very fair to have. It's a good start and always to just get a little bit better. So that's all I really wanted to mention. Uh, I don't know how much Fitbits are. I, I mean, I bought one for my wife and I was new, and I don't I don't know if that's like the good version or a bad version. It was like the one that was recommended that she, she kind of mentioned to get. So um, I wish I could tell you more. I'm not gonna do more research on Fitbit. Um, all I know is that from the sleeping groups and everything else, they say it's better than the Apple Watch, and Apple Watch is freaking expensive. So I'm, I'm a practical guy. I'd rather just do things that work and they don't cost too much. So Fit, the, the, I use Fitbit, works for me. Uh, maybe you guys can find one too. Uh, and you can sync it up to your app, like the Fitbit app. And again, the, I found the app to be mind-blowing. Uh, so yeah, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Uh, if you guys want me to start showing my fit, my sleeping patterns, that'd be really cool too. Although some of the days are really terrible. Uh, <laughs> Not gonna lie, like I've not had a sleep score above 80, where my wife gets sleep scores in her 90s consistently. But, um, but I'm not gonna live and die by that number. I think it's just more of a rule of thumb and a good. It's a good baseline for us to work or for me to work off of. Um, obviously, I would rather just go to sleep and wake up and be like, oh yeah, I had a good night's sleep. Like that makes more sense to me than looking at a number. Although the number, like I said, is. I think they have, they have their own way of measuring it, and you can look at the amount of sleep you're getting. Like, like for me, I would prefer to have more REM sleep and more deep sleep, but I'm a huge light sleeper compared to my wife, like based on like the what's showing on my Fitbit. So, uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, the cool thing is, I realized my heart rate, my resting heart rate, is like in the low 50s. I was hoping for it to be in the upper 40s. I'm, I'm a very cardio-oriented dude. But uh, very sad that I couldn't get there. But 
At least my heart beats efficiently. I'm gonna knock out wood, not too loud, because I know some of you might be sleeping, but hopefully everything we talked about was very useful, or at least you found a little nugget of information that might have been helpful. A lot of the stuff, if not all of the stuff I mentioned, it's just my practical knowledge, like me trying and testing, and hopefully if you guys had very similar sleep issues, like I, I, I know certain people, they might have more severe cases of sleep apnea, or they might have like just pure terrible insomnia, or there's just more stressors going on in life, and I haven't really talked too much about that, um, even really on the podcast as a whole, and I didn't really touch touch upon it on here. Um, maybe I might do another episode if you guys are interested. If you're still awake and you're interested, let me know, because uh, I want to mix more of like the sleeping content that helps you guys along with the other subjects that I normally talk about, uh, because I feel like I, actually before I dive in, um, this part's parting words, where we're not talking about the podcast or the, the specific episode anymore. This is just more about general uh, like Joey talk, things that might be related to the podcast or anything else, um, but not specifically to this episode. So I want to talk about different things on the podcast, but I also want to still talk about things that can help you fall asleep, uh, but not dive too much into keeping you awake. You know, that kind of defeats the purpose. I don't want this podcast to be... It. Uh, another quote-unquote sleep podcast where we talk about sleep all the time. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to bring in people who are, inter- who are, who are interviewing people um, because it defeats, like, that completely kills the ethos of the idea of needing some sort of white noise or, or background noise that helps fall asleep. And I know, and I and I get people emailing me and, and sending me messages and saying, like, it really helps. And I don't want to get rid of that for for the consistent listener. And uh, in, when I look at the numbers, I feel like I'm at a crossroads where it's like I want, I want to help people fall asleep and I want to provide enough information to where they can use. But that shouldn't be the whole idea of the podcast where you know the information should have some value and it should be mixed and it could be relevant for sleep. But the idea of the voice and how I talk and the whole experience itself is kind of, I think, in my opinion, like the reason why other people listen. And I want to do both. And I just want to do it in a way to where it makes sense. And I'm not favoring one thing or the other. And I know with the whole note card series, it, I mean, it was effectively like a whole month, month and a half worth of me just, you know, riffing from note cards and ideas. And uh, you know, and for me, that, I feel like that's more of like a, like it's more of an internal thing for me to do that. And you got in the and the consistent listeners and the regulars that listen, and would assume enjoy that, or at least like I don't say tolerate, but you you enjoy it enough, and essentially you you already have an idea of what the podcast is. And I want the podcast to evolve. Um, but that sounds very greedy, and I, and I don't want that to sound half-hearted because I have like a lot of things I'm doing outside of the podcast, and I really only dedicate four to eight hours a week on this with editing and recording and coming up with ideas and, and doing research, and and I don't know like like I want to spend more time on it, but I don't know how much time and and if I if if being a quote-unquote podcaster or content creator is going to be a full-time thing. And obviously, I would need to make full-time. I would need I would need support from sponsors or Patreon or whatever. 
And that's like a chicken and egg thing where it's like, well, I don't want to get sponsors and just throw in like random ads in. I don't know. I feel like that defeats the whole purpose. So the only thing I can I can do my best at is just say, hey guys, like, no seriously, like you guys are great, like for listening, for downloading, and if it's helped you, then please spread the word. I mean, I feel weird just being like, hey guys, check out my podcast. Like, I've, I've evolved from talking about the podcast, like, and I mean, you guys don't know me, like, face-to-face. Maybe most, uh, there's a couple of you might, I don't know, some of you guys listen that know me, like, face-to-face. But I do not want to, sorry, I, I don't want to come off as someone who doesn't like his podcast. Um, admittedly, I knew I was terrible when I started this podcast, and I feel like this podcast has gone a long way to be, it's at a place where I want it to be for now. And that's, I think it's mildly amusing, interesting, and useful. And hopefully it helps you fall asleep. That's the whole thing. Before, it just felt like it, was, it, felt like it was more forced. It just felt like it really wasn't into it. And I don't think I even was able to, like, talk consistently, similar to how I'm doing now for longer periods of time. So, like, I don't know. Before, I can give it, like, I, I don't know. With other people, I'll be like, yeah, you don't have to listen to it. It's terrible. It's just something I do. Um, now I'm like, hey, like... I'm like, hey, this might actually this might actually provide value. It's just me ripping, uh, me doing information, and I really don't even mention the word terrible anymore. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it's where it's at, and, t- and they take that for what it's worth, guys. Um, if you enjoy it, then it's an, it's, an, it's an enjoyable podcast. If it's mildly interesting but not too interesting, then that's what it is, and that's actually the goal that I wanted to get at. Uh, so. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I'm not a professional podcast host. I'm just a dude um, who, in this episode, wants to talk about how he fixed his sleeping patterns or fixed his sleep. I say fully fixed it, but has dramatically improved his sleep quality. Um, it's still a struggle, but the only thing I can do is just let people know, here's what's worked for me. Here's the specific reasons why it's worked, and here's how it may be able to help you. And it's up to you to decide, is it worth trying to go after uh, it's not easy, but it's better than the alternative. That's all I can say. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. I will be creating a couple more episodes. Uh, I want to do three episodes, this, record three episodes today. Uh, I do all my recordings on Wednesdays. But hopefully you guys found decent value. You guys are able to fall asleep. Uh, if you haven't eaten that Mandarin yet, please do. Um, oh yeah, there's one more thing. If you are still listening, I didn't mention this. Um, this has actually been a game breaker for me. Uh, I should mention it, but if you manage this long, then here's one that also saved a lot of time. Uh, aside from water, I stopped drinking beer uh, about three hours prior to me sleeping. It doesn't matter the type of beer. It can be like Coors Light, Microbrews, whatever. I stopped drinking beer three hours, except on weekends. Don't get me wrong, weekends, yeah, but weekdays. If I have a beer, I'm done. Uh, I don't know why. It might be the metabolism, but it just keeps my body really warm, and it keeps me slightly thirsty, even after, after, even after I drink some water. So, again, that's something, if you do drink daily, or I have a drink a beer a day, uh, that would be something we're testing, and I'm dead serious about that. I mean, and at, at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you to decide, is that extra beer worth the quality of sleep or not? And that's assuming it does affect your sleep, of course. 
So hopefully that little nugget helps. I forgot to mention earlier, but but enjoy that one. So guys, until next time, take care and dream easy.